trending insurrection. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dave, and I've got Lou and Q with me today. How you guys doing? We are well. I am well. Excellent, yeah. excellent. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna be talking about everybody's absolute favorite topic. No one can stop talking about this, so I know everybody loves talking about it, and that is vaccine mandates. Well, hey, let me start off. According to Taylor Lee, there needs to be a registry of people who aren't vaccinated, kind of like a registry of commies. Um, yeah, and he. So, how do who's you Taylor feel Lee? about that, people? Well, who? I mean, who's Taylor Lee? I've never heard of this guy before in my life. He's an FDA economist. Yeah, why He's are employed by the FDA, right? Why are FDA economists out there, you know, making these decisions? Well, he's not making any decisions. What I understand is that he's actually just talking about what people are talking about and how to carry things out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's so so um he 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 is uh what's the word? He is um, talking on his butt. To, it, it, well, no, I can I can just say he's an FDA employee, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and and a, and he is an economist, mm-hmm. I believe, mm-hmm. and um, um, he may just be talking nonsense, but there's a little something a little creepy about about um about jokes. registering people. Mm-hmm. Uh, about the registry and the jokes because this is such an important thing and it is important <laughs> for you if you are at risk i have fam- family members who are at risk they have they have um, pre-existing where covid would kill them mm-hmm. you know so for them this type of talk is is for them could be you know getting the vaccine could be life-saving for them because you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because they're pre- have pre-existing but for the rest of us, Festivus, for the rest of us, for the rest of us. Well, you know, here's the thing. I mean, come on. Why are you forcing a six month solution on the American people? It's at best, at best, it's a six month solution. Right, right. And well, here's the thing, right? He was joking about uh, when he was talking about going around and darting people, like putting the vaccine in blow darts and and catching people and blow darting them. That was a joke. And he could tell he was mm-hmm. laughing and he thought that was funny. Um, and I'm sure that somebody at the, uh, the FDA is telling that joke and they think it's hilarious. What wasn't funny and what wasn't a joke was when he was talking about the registration, forcing people who are unvaccinated to register as unvaccinated. That mm-hmm. is not funny. And, I, you know, it's... Highly dubious that it would even be legal. The federal government doesn't have any authority to force people into any kind of registration. That medical information is private. Um, you know, <clears throat> I mean, by federal law. So obviously, in order for this to happen, Congress would have to pass new laws. I don't think that's gonna go. That's gonna go over about as well as a lead balloon. Well, it used to be that we relied on Congress to pass legislation. However, 
seems to be that under this current administration, we just do EOs and that trumps, you know, any sort of congressional legislation at this point, which is really interesting. Yeah, it's funny, too, because Biden specifically ran against uh, executive orders. He said that uh, he did. Um, basically, he he said that anybody who rules by executive order is a tyrant. And yep. he was pointing he the finger at Trump. going to mandate vaccines. <laughs> That's true. And he was doing all this stuff, and he was pointing his finger at Trump and saying Trump is the Nazi, Trump is the the fascist and the totalitarian. He's the king, and he's the guy who might not leave the White House if he's unelected. And uh, yet here you have Biden actually doing almost everything that he was accusing Trump of doing. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if, if it weren't for... If it weren't for hypocrisy, uh, I don't think the Democrats would have anything to say. Well, okay, at this well, point. He, well, actually, he's not. He's not claim. What's that? Pro, uh, um, okay, here's a claim according to um, AP. Claim: President Joe Biden admitted he is governing like a dictator in an interview with ABC News host Dor- George Stephanopoulos. Nobody, nobody made that claim. Uh, I'm not claiming he admitted it. I'm claiming that when he was running for office, he said that ruling by executive order, a president who uh, governs through too many executive orders is a tyrant. Mm -hmm. He said that at that time. I don't care about what he said later. Um, I mean, Mm -hmm. he may or may not have recognized his own hypocrisy. And probably, like, if he... If he recognizes his own hypocrisy, I'm sure he didn't actually try to change his ways because he's still doing this. Um, so far, um, in just over a week as president, Biden, this is this is back in January, Biden signed more than three dozen executive orders, prompting scrutiny from social media users and lawmakers who say his early reliance on executive actions distracts from his pledge to unify the country. Okay. So that's just that that's ingenious. No, no, the executive order that we're talking about in this context is the one that he issued just the other day where he's forcing people to get vaccinated. If you work for an employer who has over 100 employees, you're going to have to either get vaccinated or your employer is going to get fined $14,000 or fire you. Well, what he's doing, see this is this is what seemingly is is happening. Um since this administration's taken over, it seems that there's a lot of things that the federal government can't do. So they're essentially activating different agencies to, to do their dirty work that they're not allowed to do. So what they've done is they've essentially brought in OSHA to do what they're not allowed to do as the federal government. That's essentially what's happening because this right. whole 100 employee or more mandate is going to be enforced via OSHA. It's not going to be enforced via, you know, the, the White House. So it's a it's a slick way for them to do what they're not allowed to do by using OSHA. Right. Well, in that, it, so I'm a little confused why you're even bringing up the, uh, the January fact check. And in, you I'll, know. I'll explain. The, the, the reason is that I, br- I bring it up because that's a question as to how many executive orders he had used, he's using so far to govern. A lot. And so what that what that says is that he has been using a lot of executive orders since January. 
So if in truth he did say that I don't, um, we shouldn't be governing by an executive order or anything to that effect, mm-hmm. for him to have done, I forgot what the number was already. I think it's uh, 38. 38 in, from in, the first week, and I think there's been a few more since then. Okay, so 30 within the first week. I mean, it's um, it, the, the truth is there have been a lot of executive orders. Um, yeah. Most of them don't get any play in the media. So unless you're watching no. carefully, you won't find out about most of these. But the one mm-hmm. that um, basically, this is what I said on Twitter today. If you're not following me on Twitter, you should. My uh, handle is at Xverum, E-X-V-E-R-U-M, as in the Latin for out of truth. Because out of truth comes wisdom. So my point on Twitter was that I didn't have a religious problem with the vaccine until it got mandated in specifically the way that it got Mm -hmm. mandated. Uh, Biden is basically turning the vaccine into something that is so close uh, to the mark of the beast. It, It literally could fit about half of what the mark of the beast is, right? So the mark of the beast is a mark... Uh, that you uh, take on your body uh, that's forced upon you by the government without which you cannot buy and sell. That's the the prophecy or the prediction of the mark of the beast. Biden now is saying that you have to take this vaccine into your body and without it, you cannot have a job, which is, you know, basically an economic sanction. That is absolutely inappropriate. There's no, mm-hmm. there is nothing in government that says you can tell people they can't work for a living. They can't put food on their table. They can't put a roof over their kids' heads. There is absolutely nothing in government that says that's an appropriate reaction. Well, so I'll, I'll, let's circle back to his executive orders because this will be interesting for you guys as you guys ponder. As of September 20, 2021, uh, Joe Biden, president, has signed 63 executive orders, 37 presidential memoranda, 122 proclamations, and 23 notices. So I don't know how that compares with other presidents. It'd be interesting if any, any of you. I was just about to ask that. Historians would like to do that. Let's let's yeah. find out um, Trump's executive orders. Because that's kind of my whole thing. Like I don't particularly care for this administration, but I also don't like when either side of the aisle tries to sensationalize things without context. So, you know, if you want to say, oh, this is over the top, but what if it's, what if it's aligned with, I mean, I I don't think it is, but just, you know, for argument's sake, what if it is not too far off what other presidents have done? Then it seems that, you know, the right is sensationalizing the (laughs) amount of executive orders to kind of create a panic, if you will. Um, I don't think, I've not heard anyone talk about the amount of executive orders since the beginning of the administration. In other words, back in January, people talked about that because it was, in fact, a huge number. It was like 38 right off the bat. Right. But now Mm -hmm. um, people aren't talking about that uh, as much because it's not as prevalent. Um, well, right. I have, well, I have, been, I have, either, let's be honest, when he first took off, it was, it was a little bit shocking because people were like, what in the world? So, you know, this is how, this is how the news cycle works. Whenever something is, you know, shocking or whatever, it gets obviously all the attention. And then as time goes on, it gets less attention. I think that's what's happened here, but I, he's continued to, to sign them. I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate and saying, you know, I think it, it is way more than any other president. I'm not doubting that that's actually going to be the fact that we can come to, but 
I'm just saying, like, I'd be interested in seeing what the other presidents have done just so that we know for sure mm. there's not some sort of sensationalization going on just because. Well, the thing is, I don't think it's more than Obama because Obama was relatively famous for doing almost everything through executive order. After he got well, Obamacare really. passed, um, he didn't he have did, much in the did. way of legislative uh, agendas. Go ahead. Uh, he has, so far, according to this, Biden has 63. I don't know if it's correct. Donald Trump, has, in total, um, has 220. During Barack the whole administration? O yeah, Barack Obama, Obama over... Um, had 276 period for his whole period term. So for the whole eight years. Yeah, for all eight years. So Trump. Trump do you, do you have the Bush numbers there? Yeah, I'm uh, under George the impression Bush, that Obama. George Bush had 291 in in his eight years. So mm -hmm. Obama Obama had less than Bush. Um, Clinton had more than all of them. <laughs> he had 364. <laughs> George W. Bush 364. He's the highest so far. <laughs> Oh, that's and, uh, he's he's highest in his in in his in in his um, eight years. Yeah, three sixty four. Okay. Um, Ronald Reagan. Well, let's let's pull this back. Because actually, no. Ronald Reagan is higher. Hold on a second. Last one. Ronald Reagan has three hundred and eighty one in his eight years. So I mean, so you know, I mean, you know, I guess. Uh, it's what do, what do you know? What do you know? Because the thing is, the only reason kind of the, norm, I guess. the only reason that. Biden is open to the criticism about executive orders is because he ran specifically saying that he wouldn't do it. He right. said that executive orders are bad and that if you have right. to rule by executive order, that makes you a tyrant. So, right. Because the premise is, you know, with, with Joe Biden, what he basically ran on was he ran on this notion that he was going to be able to unite everybody. So with that premise, you know, adding context to what he said about the executive orders, he's basically saying like, hey, listen, if you have to rule through executive orders and you're not doing a very good job at, you know, uniting your your two sides together to well, you know, do the, things through legislation. The truth is, I think uh, that Biden has actually found a way to unite the nation. He's united he the nation against himself <laughs> because I don't know anyone who agrees with what he's doing and uh, his approval ratings, oh, I, I sadly do. <laughs> his approval ratings are down in the dumps. There, what was it? Uh, uh, I think he had one uh, one poll recently that said something like thirty nine percent, which actually means it it's probably twenty nine percent. It was Iowa. Iowa was thirty nine percent or thirty six percent actually in Iowa. Okay, and mm -hmm. then there was another poll recently, and I I should uh, should have it, but I don't know where this is. But uh, basically, a majority of Americans believe that uh, he is unfit, mentally unfit to hold the office of president. Right. Well, I think what's most important with most of these polls is that the, the heaviest um, change in opinion is coming from the independents, which is really important when it comes to an administration, because the independent vote is really what decides elections, not so much, you know, D's and R's. It's really those people in the middle who are more issue voter versus party line voters. And when you start to lose that particular support, that's really dangerous for, you know, any future chances of continuing for another term. Yeah. You know, what's really dangerous is the fact that he still has three years left to go. Yeah. <clears throat> so even, even if he loses all support, that doesn't mean he loses the job. 
Not unless someone, you know, gets gets twenty fifth amendment going, but obviously that's you know, that's gotta be that would be that's gotta be his own party that does that because they, they run Congress right now. So Yeah, that's gonna no be to on Kamala. Kamala's gonna be the one that has to do that. And she's gonna probably uh I'm not I'm not putting a clock on it, but two years in a day, you know? So yeah. that's it's likely that she is <clears throat> playing politics with the nation right now. And she thinks, she <laughs> here's the funny thing. There's no way Kamala's getting reelected. She's not gonna no. be. She's not gonna run for reelection. And yet, I, I have um, severe doubts that she will even be able to hold the primary in the party that she's a member of. If she was the president, if she was the sitting president of the United States, yeah. I have real severe doubts about that. So well, I don't think she would either. And it's, and it's simply because, you know, she she actually was not a popular candidate when she was running to begin with. She was the only person that got no, no. Uh, um, <clears throat> what do they call them? Electors. Uh, yeah. So she, she she had no support, essentially, when she ran for president. Um, right. And, you know, unfortunately, she was chosen based off of, you know, immutable characteristics, if we're honest. Um, which is, you know, kind of unfortunate, but you know, it is what it is, and it, well, you it know, filled it filled something that needed to be filled. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And the here's the thing: the Democrat Party has let the mask slip. They have just absolutely mm-hmm. gotten to the point where they don't care if you know that they're racist anymore. They are racist. Mm-hmm. They everything they do is based on race. And now, mm-hmm. um, did you know that the uh, the vaccine mandate in New York City? is expressing itself as a racist mandate. Because here's the thing, right? This is how it works. The shops in New York City are busy. You know, you have like a shop with a cap capacity of like 200 people and you got like 300 people in there. And <clears throat> they, uh, they know that they have to check people for vaccines, but they also have been told by the media now that 80% of white people are vaccinated and only 30% right. of black people are vaccinated. So they mm-hmm. see a white person come in. They're like, yeah, this is probably vaccinated. I'm not going to worry about it. But they see a black mm. person come in. They go, oh, these people probably aren't but vaccinated. Now they're, profiling. now they're profiling by race. And this is I, exactly what the problem was under, uh, what's his face, Bloomberg, when they were profiling. Yeah. You know, to, well, I mean, but now I'm going to yeah. have to admit to Lou that there's institute there's a what is systemic racism in the united systemic states racism. i know it's like they're there's literally wait, wait now you're gonna have to yeah now i'm gonna have to <laughs> after all that's after all that's happened listen really? i'm not i'm not actually like obviously bloomberg came out and admitted it well, you see but here's the thing like you can you can say oh there's you know uh what was it uh, uh systematic racism in the united states and i'm just gonna say okay show me Show me where it is. Because if it's mm-hmm. systematic, you should be able to show me. But I'm not saying that it doesn't exist. I'm saying that you have to be able to well, demonstrate it. Exist. Well, oh, well, I know. I, I, I'm not arguing well, with you on that. No, we no, had, no. Nobody is. But when I face my point, the point is <clears throat> that what's sad about the whole thing is, is, is with, with, when it comes to the vaccine, is I heard from people, and maybe you guys, maybe you guys know the numbers, and maybe you can help me with the numbers. I don't know where these numbers came from. Mm-hmm. I work for I work for um, a nonprofits, and one of the persons actually told me that 
people of color are at risk more so from COVID more so than people are not of color. Well, and I said, where are you getting that from? No, the, tr- the so truth is that have... the poor are more at risk. And Correct. the truth is, no, but uh, people of color aren't, aren't the poor. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. They're, they're poor, poor. They're, they're more, the, they're statistically more likely to be uh, less affluent, have less money. That, that well, that, not, that's that a, doesn't that's a statistical truth. I mean, that's just, that's, that's out. The numbers are out there. The percentage, if you do the numbers in America, because there are more white people and the percentages are, the, are, are very close. The fact is, in America, because there are more white people than 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 minorities, there are more mm-hmm. poor whites in America than there are than uh, than. Okay, than that's minorities. true, from a, from but a from a percentage yeah. standpoint, yeah. there are yeah. more. Anyway, I'm not I'm not trying to. Uh, I, what's the word? Um, I'm not trying to make any judgments based on this. This is a statistical fact, as far as far as I know, right? That the if you are black in America. You are more likely to be poor than if you are, or uh, in the in the lower income bracket. Let's say that, than if you are uh, white. Now you could also point out like something like, "Hey, you know, I haven't seen Oprah working recently. She's probably in the lowest income bracket right now, but she's got money. She's got money, so it doesn't matter whether or not she has income. She's got net worth, is what she has. Right." So, I mean, I don't know, um, I don't know how that stacks up, but at the same time, I mean, well, that would be me, true of rich white people as well. Yeah, let me add a, a thought here. So, one thing that um, I've I've dug into COVID data probably more than a, a logical person ever should, but um, it's been very intriguing to me since the beginning. I've really been digging into this data, and one thing that is very apparent that no one wants to talk about because we're in this age of body positivity where you're not allowed to talk about it, but there's this whole, you know, the pandemic of the va- unvaccinated going on. But really, if we want to be honest, what it's shaping up to be is a pandemic of the obese. And that's really, you know, aside from age, age is the leading factor for COVID fatality. Following age, it's it's obesity, it's weight. And that's a really big problem. And so if we're looking at a, a risk indicator, then you you run into this problem where from a, a lifestyle perspective and this might be where your friend is getting this that information from Lou mm-hmm. if they're saying that you know the black community is is more at risk from you know a covid severe covid or covid fatality then it, that that may be being impacted from a a health perspective um uh, because i know like for example mississippi right they just started leading the nation in covid deaths and if we look at mississippi from a health perspective there's two things going on in Mississippi, which I think is interesting. From a health perspective, they have a lot of weight issues there. What's also interesting about Mississippi is you have the two most vaccine, I hate the term vaccine hesitant, but we'll just use it for the sake of you know using terms that people are familiar with. The two most vaccine hesitant groups live in Mississippi. They have a, a high black uh, population in Mississippi and they have a high Republican population in Mississippi. So you mix those two groups together and it's and you have a health issue on top of it in that in that state, a weight issue. It's really not a surprise that they're having some issues with COVID <clears throat> fatalities at the moment. Well, uh, I would say yes, but there's also reason to be vaccine hesitant. 
Um, I agree with you. I percent do. There, so I, I think a lot of people don't understand the the psychology. You know, when people don't do what someone wants them to do, the tendency is to just blame the person and think they're stupid. But the truth is, well, people people flex a moral superiority that isn't real. Uh huh. That's exactly what they do. Absolutely. Well, but, but I guess kind of my point is that I I troubleshoot technology for a living, which means I actually troubleshoot technology users for a living. So um, the point that I'm making is that if people are doing something that you don't understand, it's not that the people are um, <clears throat> broken or wrong. It's that, one, it could just be a training issue, right? So you, you get that. But it, it also could be that you don't understand human nature. And so I think that... Um, what we really want to understand, and I, I think this is extremely important, is that there's a reason that people aren't getting the vaccine. And I think it's this. I think that the vaccine has become, in many people's mind, a reverse lottery ticket. When you go play the lottery, it's not that big a deal, right? Like you, you spend a dollar, you spend $3 or $5, whatever that particular lottery is. And, you know, there's like the Powerball and, and all that kind of stuff. It used to just be $1, but now they've got like the higher... Uh, more expensive lotteries, Right. your chance mm-hmm. of winning that lottery is super low, <laughs> super low. Right. Like nobody, nobody really thinks that they're going to win the lottery. My brother jokes right. about it being his uh, financial plan, his retirement plan, but nobody actually thinks that, but it's still possible. And that possibility causes you, motivates you to go out Correct. and spend that dollar to $5. Well, here's mm-hmm. the problem with COVID. The COVID vaccine has some very severe side effects. Uh, it can. It can. It can. It, no, I mean, it has, the, it has side effects associated with it. It doesn't necessarily it mean does. that you're going to experience those side effects, but people Correct. end up in hospital beds because of this vaccine. People end up in the this ground because of this vaccine. People end up with mm-hmm. swollen balls. Now, a lot of people are, are going after Nikki because... Um, she said this and they're like, oh, that's not really associated. Actually it is. It's something like lymphonomopathy or something like that. Like it's, it's a yeah. swelling and uh, pain of the testicles. Mm-hmm. And so the idea well, I've that I've heard that thing just to, to, to add one thing. Uh, interestingly enough, I've, I've heard people, I've heard men say that they also experience that when they get COVID, which of course makes sense because this vaccine is essentially activating the same spike proteins that you would activate when you get COVID. So interestingly enough, I've heard several men talk about, you know, testicular pain when they have COVID. So it's really not a surprise. Right. Well, guys, let, let me, uh, let, let me circle back a little bit. Um, Cause I forgot to tell you guys this. So, um, so keep that thought. Let's circle back to the poverty race, poverty by culture. Mm-hmm. Um, white, non-Hispanic, um, 8%, 8.2%, and it's, uh, according to them, 194 million um, white, non-Hispanics are in poverty. Black um, has the highest percent, according to them, with 43 million. Within the, um, their own group, But right? what's the percent? Um, which is 19%. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but that's what we're saying. Asian, Even though there's Asian has 20, Asian has twenty million point two, eight point one percent by by the percentage. Hispanic has sixty one million, um, 
by two, and that's 17%. So, so um, the numbers would be, as far as the poor, <laughs> would be white, then it would be Hispanic, mm-hmm. then it would be black, then it would be Asian. Well, let me tell so, you something. There's so as far as the amount of people who are poor. So, if so, judging, so you cannot use, I don't believe you can use poverty to simply explain why um, black people or minorities are more susceptible because that wouldn't make sense because they're more poor whites than the minorities. But by so percentage, at, when you're looking so, at percentages... Even by, even, by, even by percentage. We're talking about numbers, though. So yeah, we're talking about... Is that, exactly. Percentages are numbers. But my point is that yeah. you said 19% of the black community is counts as poor under the statistic. According right? to them. Right. According mm-hmm. to, according to the statistic, the same thing, an 8.2% of white non-Hispanic, according to, according to the statistic. So I don't know if these things are true. I'm just reading them as, as I see them. But, what, what I, well, but that's, but that's, what I, we're not, we're not trying to blame anybody for one no, no, being no, poor, two that, having, I'm a, just, I'm just, I, I'm just saying that if you look at the numbers, hear me carefully, because it, it didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. If you're saying to say that black people are are more susceptible, and you'd only do that because there are high numbers. Mm-hmm. No, 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 you would do more, you would do it by percentage, people, by percentage. No, no, no. You, you, no people yes, do it everything's going to be by percentage. Every yeah, absolutely but not, but not, everything. But, yes, this but, is by percentage. It's all by but percentage. Fair, but 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 not fair mongering. Fair mongering is based on numbers. Yeah, no, it's it's 100%. it's yeah, based it on perc- it's based on there's no one counting percentages. Listen, there are two types of liars in the world. There's statisticians and the rest of us. All right. The static the okay. statistics. That's a good line. I like that line. <laughs> statistics are uh, something that people use. In fact, uh, they're using a lot of statistics. Uh, to well, they're manipulating their use is what they're doing. Right, right, but I mean, okay, like, yeah, listen, so there was a here's my here's my point. Uh, here's my point. I didn't talk to you out there. All I'm saying is that for someone to say that blacks are more more susceptible is a fallacy. That's so you don't think that, that was my true, general though. point? Okay, oh, I mean, I I don't know for a fact. I mean, listen, this is something oh, no, other people I don't have think said, that's but. True at all. Uh, I, I but they're I, talking I, I about statistics this, this anyway. They're from. they're talking about a percentage susceptibility. In other words, you take a hundred black people and a hundred white people. Uh, eight of those white people are going to be poor. Nineteen of the black people are going to be poor. You take a hundred white people or and a hundred black people. Uh, maybe twenty seven of them are going to have problems with COVID, and on the black side, uh, maybe thirty seven will have problems with COVID. Now, if you multiply that out by the entire population, there's still technically more white people. There's more poor white people. There's more white people that have problems with COVID. There's more white people who are unvaccinated. Yeah, absolutely. But all of those things, when they're looking at your chance of, a, of something happening to you within a certain mm-hmm. demographic, they're looking mm-hmm. at the statistics. And so mm-hmm. that right there, that's what they're looking at. That's what they're talking about. Okay, so I mean, I'm not, with it within, I'm not even agreeing with them. I'm just saying that's what they say. The demographic. I didn't catch yeah. yeah. So here's 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 what I'm reading. That people group. Yeah. Here's what I'm reading. I'm reading. Black Americans make up 13 percent of the U.S. population. They make up 23 percent 
of COVID-19 deaths. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'll yeah, so tell COVID you a little is racist. story. So <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a little story. Um, my mom was happening, Lewis, since you, to, since you reject the notion that the, the risk is higher, I'd be interested to, to, uh, hear why you think the stats are what they are. Okay. Yeah. One, the stats are what they are because mm. they're being manipulated by what exactly is a COVID death. Yes, sir. Well, that's true. So, but I don't exact, know that that so cuts I'll across you, I'll, give you, I'll give you priming. I'll give I'll give you a prime example. Well, it's actually, I will tell you a story. Some stories about how race how how racial things work, um, how racial things work when it comes to t- statistics. Um, one of the and this is anecdotal, so mm-hmm. but it, it's it, but it stands to it, but it, it, it explains how it could work. Just this is mm-hmm. just a how. Uh, one Anecdotes day, aren't always a bad thing. Sometimes they are, but not always. One one day, uh, um, one of my Anna was um, hanging out with with um, one of her friends who were from church. It was it was a uh, a Caucasian gentleman, and they were driving around, and he saw a bunch of black guys on, on the corner in uh, in a neighborhood. He said, "That's the problem with black people. Hmm. All the men are hanging out in the corner." <laughs> and she said, first of all." The black people in this neighborhood own all these houses. They're homeowners. And um, the fact that they want to hang out and talk after work does not mean that they don't have jobs because they own all these homes in this neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So it's not so how that could happen is if you think you know, you heard you heard Bloomberg when he said, well, uh, minorities, blah, 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 blah. If you think that minorities are always sick, give, I'll give you a personal story. Um, because uh, my wife is black, they automatically believe that she should have uh, high blood pressure mm-hmm. and she should be diabetic. So when she mm-hmm. goes, so up to, to the extent that she's taking a test by a, a corporation, has given her testing, and their rates are higher. Than that of a that of her regular doctor, and because they want to get her into the more the more expensive medicine, which I warned her about, and I said, "Well, honey, you be careful. They see you're black. They're going to definitely say you have high blood pressure and and uh, and diabetes, and and as they're trying to do, and so to the extent doing things like taking the test right after she gets gets in, um, the testing that they give." The machine that they have that's that's com- controlled by the web is is 13 points higher than the lab test, so the shoot get in the higher medication because blacks should have the high blood pressure medication more of the medication things like that. My point is that when when you have things like that, when you have those uh, what's the word those assumptions, mm-hmm. it's very easy for people to push statistics. In a certain mm-hmm. way, because it matches the preconceived negative assumptions. So, so you add the everything's a COVID death. Mm-hmm. Then you add the preconceived assumptions that blacks are generally unhealthy anyway, and criminal, and other things. Then, and you add all that, and and you have me saying, 
Uh-uh. <laughs> well, I mean, because what's not interesting is what, what you've said you've heard, I've heard it too, and I've mainly heard it from other black people pushing pushing that narrative that blacks are more at risk. Yes. I have not I have not heard it from the news. No. I have not I have not heard it, but I hear from other black people saying blacks are more at risk. And right. I tell them that's I tell them that's poppycock. Mm-hmm. That is not true. Do not believe the hype. So that's, once again, it might be true. But I did say, I'll, I'll tell you another personal story. My mother was left to die. I cannot wait to sue New York. If When I get money, I will be suing New York my mom's death. They left to her to die. They, they left her to die in that nursing home. She had mm-hmm. bed sores the size of my fist, and I have pictures of it. And well, she died were, of COVID you know, and other things. Killed a lot of people in nursing homes this last year. So, uh, and a so, lot of and, a lot and, of people and, are saying that uh, that may not even, even though like they may have had COVID, a lot of them died from lack of care rather than neglect. From COVID. That's correct. Exactly. Yeah. That's yep. right. That's neglect. They left with when you have bed sores, that means you have not being turned. That that's means correct. that they're that's not taking care of you. That's why a lot of these numbers are are inflated in the sense that it's not. It's not the COVID that killed people. It was the improper treatment that killed people. They would have survived COVID if they would have been treated properly. So when you get, when when there's a crisis, people tend to, people always go to their default. So if you got a black person in there and a white person in there, you're going to see the white person because they they have a better chance of life than the black person anyway because most of them are sick and die. They don't care themselves and they're so-and-so and so-and-so. So So I believe all of those things have to do with how we we skew and view the statistics and the deaths. So that's why I say I am not so sure that that statistic is valid, that that, that more blacks are dying because of COVID might be, might not be, I, and I don't know if it's because of pre-existing or because of care. Because right. I don't, you know, I don't have enough resources. I'm going to spend it on the people that I like and other people yeah. I don't like. Well, honestly, I don't know that, what the that case kind of is. information, that kind of information is going to come from people that are working in these facilities being honest. And there has been a lot of people that have come forward. Um, I don't know if anybody's familiar with Nurse Erin. Uh, coincidentally, she's actually local here in Tampa, but she is, she was a traveling nurse. And she went up to Elmhurst in New York last year when everything was ground zero up there. And she has since defected from the nursing profession, essentially, and called out all of the horrible practices that she saw go on there. She's written a book about it. It's a very interesting, fascinating book. And now she's pretty Mm -hmm. much a nurse activist at this point, trying to fight for people to stay alive in these hospitals because she saw firsthand how many people died in Elmhurst, not because of COVID, they would have lived if they were treated properly. And there was nurses in these facilities telling the medical doctors, "Don't do, doing what you're doing is going to venting people too early, giving them the wrong medication, all this stuff. And the doctors weren't listening to the nurses and people were dying. Yeah. The well, lack of proper care is, um, is, is, is a fundamental, is a fundamental uh, tool for people that you do not like. So I, so my point is, I'm, I'm not sure if I can trust or if we should trust the, to, to an extent 
those type of statistics. I won't throw them out, <clears throat> but I will say it makes things that make you go. Well, I don't. Yeah. I don't know that things anybody that was really go, hmm. like. What was what was the argument, right? Like, in other words, my argument was. The, um, the argument no, what was, was our argument? Like, I don't that, think anybody was my, saying. Uh, no, you guys weren't. But I'm. I'm just saying that. What, what bothers me is, is that the COVID is, is that I do not believe that that COVID the danger of COVID mm-hmm. I, I, is is by is 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 by. Um, is, is, is based on health is based on my people and i'm sure it's based on health and mm-hmm. not by nationality and i don't believe sure. that, well you don't think that, that, the, that, that the poverty plays into it at all in other words no. if you're rich you get better care if you're poor you don't get as as good a care not because rich 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 guy dropping like flies too <laughs> not it, it, not the, really the famous, i mean that's the famous rich the famous some of the famous rich guys have have passed some sadly some because of, them. of covid but yeah, I mean, I rich mean, it's old, been, it's really been sad. old guys, but not rich young guys. Yeah, yeah. Some of some of the Asian pop stars have died. I mean, uh, well, young Asian pop stars have died right. of of COVID. So my point is that there is a I okay. Just, uh, so there's a little history to that with um, a prior disease. I think it was the the original SARS-CoV-1 disease. They actually did find that. Um, there was a genetic susceptibility that more Asians had than uh, people in the United States, right? So, like, uh, in fact, it hit the Asian countries a lot harder than it hit the U.S., and they were worried about it hitting the U.S. really hard because of how hard it hit the Asian nations. But then when it got here, it was, you know, almost a non-event because... This was co- this was Kobe 1. Yeah, Kobe 1. So okay. there may be something uh, to that as well with Kobe 2, but I don't know for a fact. Um, yeah. And, and in fact, I don't think anybody knows yet because there is just so little that people really know about this. But getting it's back to. We, we know so much, but we still know so little because let's be honest, there's been a lot of lack of transparency about a laundry list of things since the beginning. So, yeah, there's a ton of stuff that we do know. We probably know more from a public perspective about this than we've probably known about anything ever because there's been so many studies published let's be honest we're in this age of social social media and the internet resource that if you're resourceful enough you can find some i mean scientific papers so people are really educating themselves more than they ever have about this but we're battling this this well, enemy that when we you say resourceful enough you mean you know a search engine other than google right correct go <laughs> mm. Yeah. Exactly. The, no, but I'm, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, we we do actually have a, a, a ton of information, but we're also simultaneously battling this this enemy of of lack of transparency and number manipulation. For example, this is this has really been my biggest frustration with COVID for probably the bulk of this time it's been going on. We, if if the numbers were honest in the beginning in terms of who <clears throat> who is actually dying from covid right we would not have 20 year old people walking around thinking they have the same risk as an 80 year old because they don't and statistically it's it's polar opposites right but because the the information was presented so poorly <clears throat> and the fear-mongering took place as essentially a blanket 
you know, and it wasn't broken down by numbers, this is where we're at now. So we have groups of people who have this irrational fear that's not supported by any statistic and they think they have the same risk as grandma and they're like 23 years old. I mean, it's, it's insane. Right. And then there's been, um, one of the things that really bothers me is the difference in the way that they measure. And I, I tweeted about this as well, but the difference in the way they measure COVID deaths and vaccine deaths. So with mm-hmm. COVID deaths, it was, if you had COVID mm-hmm. and you died in a hospital, they would put you down as a COVID death. And now in the state of Florida, Correct. We know that people who died in motorcycle accidents and people who died from shark yep. attacks ended up on the COVID death numbers. COVID. Yeah. Yep. And that is just absolutely wrong. But yeah. but you know they're doing they're doing the same thing for va- for unvaccinated hospital admissions. That's another way they're conflating the numbers because and it's happening here in Florida. If you're in the hospital for something else and you test positive for COVID. Mm-hmm. and you're unvaccinated, they are labeling you as an, a hospital-admitted, unvaccinated person for, with COVID. And that's not even why you're there. Right. And there, so there was a nurse that was talking about that. But, but here's the thing. I want to I I get to this. And that is that when someone takes the vaccine and then they die from the vaccine, they say, mm-hmm. oh, well, there's no proof that the vaccine killed them. Correct. So, in other words, what they're doing is they have... Um, all of the numbers that you could possibly want built up on one side of the equation. And then on the other yes. side, they're denying the numbers. Now, this yep. is important because this is, goes to the whole reverse lottery effect. The flu, the flu vaccine, uh, we have given out 900 million doses of flu vaccine over the time where VAERS has been active and we've been um, recording uh, adverse effects. Over that time only 2,000 deaths have been recorded from the flu vaccine. Now, generally people believe... What's that? Uh, Out of 900 million. Out of 900 million. Now, generally people believe that this is underreported by a factor of 10 at least, uh, maybe more, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But in the 200 million uh, doses of COVID have been handed out, and we've had about 14,000 COVID uh, reported deaths. Uh, or deaths reported associated with the COVID vaccine. So Mm -hmm. if you even just look at that reporting, it seems clear that the COVID vaccine is not as safe as prior vaccines. In fact, it seems to be at least 30 times more deadly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is, this is the thing. Like I'm not, I'm not even saying that, uh, I don't like vaccines or the technology or MNRA or anything like that. But what I want is I want honest numbers and I can't, I can't make a decision with that, with, you know, with the numbers being hidden from us. Um, Right. Now that that goes in, that plays into the whole concept of informed consent, which is why a lot of us are having a problem with, with being mandated to take this vaccine right now. It absolutely does. Uh, And, you know, here's the other thing. They, the main argument that the main legal argument to this was like, Hey, this is a, this is not a, an FDA approved, uh, drug. And so what did, what did the administration do? They just slapped an FDA approval on it, but FDA approval means nothing without the FDA approval process. They still have, yeah, we're in the third, we're in third stage trials right now. That's Uh where we are with this. 
and yep. you can you can slap an FDA approval on it, but that doesn't put us out of third stage trials. That's still okay. where we are. The 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 and you know here's the thing, the the party of science, right? The the left, the liberals, the radicals, the the crazies, and I'm not I'm not talking about the the very rational leftists because actually many of the people traditional traditional democrats are very different than today's democrats yeah many of the people who were actually talking about this like there's phd virologists and biologists out there talking about the the possible dangers of covid uh the covid vaccine and stuff like that they're Mm -hmm. mostly on the left um you know my one of my favorites uh uh what was it uh, brett weinstein and uh, i i always confuse him and his brother eric but uh There's also the guy who actually like basically invented the mRNA vaccine. Right. Um, he's yeah. been out there talking about the, the dangers and the difficulties. And then there's a lot of other uh, biologists who are talking about the fact that the, really the main problem with this vaccine is not that it, even the side effects, it's the fact that it leaks. It, it's what Correct. they refer to as a yeah. leaky vaccine. A leaky vaccine. And it's creating the variants because it's doing that. Exactly. So... Yeah. But see, this, this is my problem mm-hmm. because when you say something like that, like what I just said, that leaky vaccines are causing variants because of the messaging that's happening and has been happening, mm-hmm. stating that automatically makes me a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. And well, you know, the thing is, um, <laughs> listen, you didn't tell me you don't believe in any conspiracy theories out there, ladies and gentlemen? You're going to tell me you don't believe anything? Like the government's just batting a thousand and is doing everything right? I mean, listen, that's crazy. It is, because here's the thing. Before, when the party that people didn't like was in power, the -hmm. government was was evil and awful and corrupt and all this stuff, but as soon as the right people are in power, all of a sudden the government's great. That's when you know people aren't actually objective or critical thinkers, they're simply tribalists. Right. Yeah, you know, the, actually, this is the truth. Um, when Trump said that he was uh, going to remove the red tape so they get the vaccine to market as quickly as possible, that actually mm-hmm. sent red flags up for me. I was like, hmm. It absolutely did for me, too. I didn't plan on getting it under Trump, <laughs> and I don't plan on getting it now. Well, you see, the thing is, I've actually, um, I've been a process engineer. That was actually, uh, or a engineering technician, process technician. Um, that was actually my, my, those were my job titles at uh, a manufacturing facility. And I remember that basically when you made one wrong, you made a thousand wrong, right? That's what happens in manufacturing. And uh, when they wanted to deviate from the process, they had to get mm-hmm. engineering approval. And they had to actually, I was in one of the positions where they, I would have to sign off on a process change if they wanted to deviate from the process of making a a product except at night where all they needed was one non-technical signature and do you know Mm -hmm. when they pushed through the majority of process changes at night at night less less red tape (laughs) exactly so i mean in one of these particular one of these situations they had a part that was almost exactly the same number. It was like, oh my goodness, this is part 173560B and we need the 173560A. But like, you know, how different could the A and the B part be? Well, it turns out 
it had a MAC address on it. And MAC addresses are semi-unique. A lot of people think they're unique, but they're not. They cost a lot of money. So the manufacturers, the, uh, the companies that use MAC addresses, they will replicate a MAC address that they've purchased at multiple levels of a network. So you might have a, uh, a motherboard with one MAC address and they'll have a network card with another MAC address and, or with the same MAC address and things like that. So at each level of the network, the MAC address has to be semi-unique in order to properly work. But mm-hmm. so what they did was basically they took level A and they put uh, level A parts on level B uh, items, right? And so then when it came down to it, they didn't pass the test because those MAC addresses had already been used at that level. And they didn't need, you know, our approval. It cost millions of dollars to get these reworked. And this is kind of the point. Like, I've learned the lesson that you don't deviate from an important process. You can improve the process, but you don't just throw the process out. And that's what the FDA has done here is they've just thrown the process out. And then they've said, oh, well, well, we're sure it's safe. High-level FDA people walking out because... You know, they, right. they walked out over the, the booster controversy, but it, it's all stemming from the same root issues with this whole process. And it's not not really a surprise that you have, you know, high-ranking people within this, the FDA saying, you know what, I'm, I'm throwing my hands up. Like, this is ridiculous. We, we're not doing this right. I'm done. And you know what? They're not getting any play in the media. No, of course They all need not. to go to Veritas. They need to go to Veritas. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I would love to see... You know what? It's probably it's probably going to come out, but I'd love to see one of these high level people um, get well, on I'm Veritas. Sure James is on it. <laughs> What's that? Just give I it said, time. I'm sure James is working on it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, mm-hmm. um, did, did everybody see the the most recent Veritas uh, video? Uh, is the one actually before the most recent? Is uh, the one with the nurse? The, the who, first. The first one. Yeah. Uh, the nurse came out and said basically uh, exactly what we've we've all been thinking, um, yeah. that they're not recording adverse events as is required by the FDA right. and and the uh, the hospital so the hospital system. Uh, these are people who are federal employees and who are supposed mm-hmm. to record adverse effects and are not. And then the mm-hmm. other thing that really was heartbreaking was the uh, the one woman who um, felt that it was a against her religion to get a vaccine and then because she was a nurse, I believe, right? What's that? I think she was a nurse, wasn't she? She was a nurse, yeah. And she got yeah. the vaccine because they told her that, you know, if she didn't get it that she'd be fired. And this is right. this is the thing. Um nurses were I, I never actually said used the word hero before, but uh or for, for nurses, right? I mean I, I like them, I think they're great, but I don't uh, I mean, they're just, they're people doing a job, but they've been lionized as heroes last year because they were working during Mm -hmm. a pandemic. And then this Mm -hmm. year, all of a sudden, now you're, you're, uh, you're a redneck hick. You're apparently a a stupid person if you don't want to get the vaccine. But I tell you what, the nurses, nurses not wanting to get vaccines, a a specific Mm -hmm. vaccine tells you exactly what is going on, right? The nurses have seen the side effects. That's yep. why they know they don't want to get it. So, yeah. and what makes me sick is that, again, what's what's been repeated over is people are easily programmed. I think that's what a lot of people fail to recognize is that 
this whole last 18 months has been kind of a large psychological human experiment and people don't know that they're being played like a fiddle and they've been propagated for 18 months so and and especially as of recent you know the messaging is to hate to despise to wish ill will on the people who are unvaccinated regardless of what think of eric clapton okay eric clapton is double vaxxed he got both doses of the vaccination he had a bad reaction to the second one to the point where he almost couldn't play his guitar and he's now speaking out and saying to be careful and he's he's being labeled as an anti-vaxxer he's vaccinated it's crazy and what's uh, what i find really kind of humorous is that every tr- every person who doesn't want to get vaccinated is a dumb redneck hick trump supporter where if we actually look at the data right behind let's say that categorization of a person are minority communities but no one's talking about that because they can't because they've created this thing where you know they they use racial minorities when it's politically expedient so they have to use they have to leave them out of the conversation because it goes against the narrative they're trying to paint right i love the fact that blm is now protesting in new york against the uh, vaccine mandates i love it it's like hey you know i have it on pretty i have it on good authority from Ibram X. Kendi, that anything that is racially, uh, that, that dis, you know, disproportionately affects anybody um, in, a, in a racial group, is it's racist. So in that case, the vaccine mandates in New York City have to be racist because only 25% of black New York City residents are vaccinated. So that means you have three quarters of the, the black residents in New York who aren't allowed to go into restaurants go into gyms. It's insane. Right. Yeah. And uh, he has backed off. He won't actually say that it is racist. He's uh, he's kept silent on this. Well, because he's a grifter. Of course, he's not going to. Right. Well, that is true. Um, You know, when people are grifting, they'll talk about, you know, they'll talk about things when it's when the grift suits them. But then they uh, immediately clam up and get quiet when it doesn't. Yeah. But see, no one has no one has the guts to call these people out on it. And that's why, like for me, I, I am very much an independent. I might lean more conservative or on the right or whatever the heck you want to call it. But socially, I'm actually fairly left. I'm fairly center left. Uh-huh. Um, but what what I, I just want, the, I just want the truth and I just want fairness and I don't like hypocrisy. So, you know, grifters like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who dresses in a white outfit and goes to an empty parking lot with a fence around it and poses for pictures because she's so upset about kids in cages, but you don't see her anywhere down there now. She's not now there now. Not an she's a grifter. Right. You know, her, and I loved her tax the rich uh, dress scandal. You know what? Here's oh, the God. thing. Here's the thing about that. I thought that it made her look fat. I, that's the only thing I really want to say about the dress is it, it made her look fat. And then I just thought it made her look stupid because she, you know, she thinks she's like some part of she's you wear it thinking you are representing a revolution. Right. Where if you were actually part of the revolution, you would be outside the event protesting it with that sign, not in it, rubbing elbows with the very people that you're calling out on your dress. Exactly. And, Here's the other thing. The the woman who 
made that dress, her friend who was with her, owes mm-hmm. more in taxes and workers' comp uh, premiums than mm-hmm. I make in a year. Yeah, you realize she that? Pay her taxes. She's she's out there not paying her taxes. Exactly. Listen, um, the the the, uh, the beauty of the irony of that, honestly, mm-hmm. it, it really is a thing of beauty. It really is. And here's the other thing. That is someone else's intellectual property that they stole. The the artist there stole this tax the rich, um, the font and the the thing. Like it was actually well, somebody else's. That just a couple of years ago. Well, they they made it into a. Uh, it, it, there's an entire um, set of uh, what you call it. There's uh, buttons and there's stickers and there's all kinds of stuff with that exact font and in phrase. And then she just mm. took it and put it on the dress, and basically, uh, yeah. So she's now also being sued by the the people who came up with that tax the rich slogan. Actually created it. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, here, I mean, here's the I thing. Think all that, all that stuff to me is like, okay, it's mm. super irritating. I, you know, to me, it's just stupid. Like, I, all that stuff is just so stupid. But I just, for me, at the end of the day, I just don't, I don't like to be. I don't like to be um, manipulated. Like the the thing that kills me about what's going on right now is these people do things and it's such an insult to the American people because whether people want to admit it or not, they think you're stupid. They think we're stupid enough to not notice that they're constantly contradicting themselves. And it's so disrespectful. But again, people at this point are so tribal that they refuse to even see it, even though the very people that they're holding up are making fun of them. Well, here's the other thing. Taxes don't really affect the rich. People who are truly rich can pay almost any amount in taxes and never feel it. What taxes actually do, like we have income taxes. So if you have a billion dollars in the bank, you won't pay a cent in tax. If you make a million dollars, all of a sudden you're in the highest tax bracket. And mm-hmm. so what that really means is that tax the rich isn't taxing the rich. It is, it is becoming a barrier for people to become rich. It's yeah, tax no, the it's poor true. who are trying to get rich. That is that's what that's is true. really happening. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a barrier to entry. It's not, um, it, you know, they're not going to win any socialist uh, contest with this tax the rich thing. Yeah, no, you're right. It's 100% true. Most people just don't, they don't, they don't know enough to know that they know enough to, you know, think they think they know it all, but they actually don't know anything because Mm -hmm. you talk to your average person, they would have no idea what you just said. You know, there's no clue what you're talking about. Well, I think, I think the average person does actually. I, I mean, I have a much higher opinion of the average person than uh, I used to. I, I guess used the rich to until does. the last couple of years. And well, now, you know, you gotta you gotta watch out for your location too, because in in where you're at is a kind of a liberal stronghold. And uh, no, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking not even people here. I'm talking about in general as I interact with people. You know, being being a, a military spouse. You know, I have people that I know literally all over the world. And, you know, sadly, it's, it's not just localized to Tampa, <laughs> some of this mindset. Mm. Well, is it, is it still people who are consuming U.S. media, though? Oh, of course. Mm. That's why I tell people, listen, because even me, listen, I had, I had a conversation with a friend about like this the other day. 
everybody is subject to confirmation bias. We seek it out. We pay attention to it when it comes up. It's really the people who care to, you know, be aware that notice it when it's happening. So for me, for example, I, we all have confirmation bias. I know I do, and I can feel it when it kicks in. So what I do is when I hear something that makes my confirmation bias kind of, you know, giggle and excitement, if it's a topic that I can find um, with the other side talking about it as well, I'll go listen to what the other side has to say about it. Because for me, I refuse to be played like a fiddle. I want to make sure I'm, I'm keeping my independent thought. And so I will listen to both sides of the argument. Most, that's why I like independent news. I, te- I tend to look, listen to a lot of um, international news. Like I like Al Jazeera. I listen to Al Jazeera because I want to know what's not being said in our country because we are literally being brainwashed and most of us aren't even aware of it. We're being propagated all day mm. long. Yeah. Well, um, I was going to say that the other thing that I've found is that there is a very interesting phenomenon with people who are, uh, how should I put this? Um, I, I would say, uh, there, there's a phenomena of people having a severe crippling lack of knowledge combined with a very powerful, the very powerful computational ability of the human mind. Mm-hmm. And the uh, my my example of this is AOC, right? Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. She is perfect example. She's actually pretty smart, you know, from oh, a from an animal smart. capability perspective. Like she's very um, witty. She's yeah. sharp. Her mind is yep. is running at a, a high rate, but she mm-hmm. just has absolutely no information. Like, she doesn't Correct. know anything other than exactly. what she's been fed by the left. I mean, she's full yep. of intersectional feminism and environmental nonsense that will never, ever work. See, that's the biggest exactly. problem I have with the environmental movement, right? It's not about what, I mean, it's it's a bit about the judgments and a bit about the uh, what you believe, like, the planet is in danger and it's, like, this huge thing. Well, I mean, it's all ignorance, but... It's this idea that you can break the laws of physics to solve the problem. I mean, that's ridiculous. And by mm-hmm. that, I mean, of course, they're talking about uh, basically energy, um, uh, resolving all the issue with what they call green energy, which mm-hmm. is just energy sources that do not have sufficient energy volume to solve anything, right? And mm-hmm. actually, they're, they often... Um, confuse energy forms and energy sources, right? So they're like, oh, my car is electric. Well, that's great. A coal-burning a coal burning power plant uh, 250 miles away from your home is burning and releasing carbon dioxide into the air so that you can have a green vehicle, you know? Yep. But your vehicle is only as green as the source of energy from which that mm-hmm. electricity is derived. Anyway, uh, that's, I mean, yep. that's our third tangent. So I... Uh, Lou, you want to jump in here and, and wrap it up? What What do you think about all this? Read. Pay attention. Mm. Do not listen to talking heads. <laughs> do is, your own research. That is exactly what I'd expect yeah. a talking head to say. <laughs> <laughs> do your own 
research and do it with a Pit. search engine other than Google. Other, uh, other than Google, do it up, correct, up research. Correct, correct. Li listen to foreign news stations. Yes. Demand that you get all the information so you can make a good personal choice. Hey, mm -hmm. do not take anything for granted. I know I asked and you to wrap this up, but, but let me just do this one thing for you. Hey, Lou, Google, if you will, can a man have a baby? And tell me what Google tells you. I am not by Google right now. <laughs> I, have it. I you, have it. Yeah, do you know what, oh, what does Google sell you? Yeah, so it says, let me do it again so I can read it verbatim. Can <clears throat> a man have a baby? The first answer on Google says, yes, it's possible for men to become pregnant and give birth to children of their own. And that's from Healthline.com. Absolutely. <laughs> See, that is exactly. Now, if you needed. Oh, oh, now ask Google if you should get the COVID vaccine. Mm -hmm. Let's see what it says. Should I get the COVID vaccine? Answer. Oh, there's not one answer on the top. It's just taking me to <clears throat> okay. cdc.gov, pros and cons of the vaccine. The other day I did this, and it said, yes, you should be vaccinated, regardless of whether you already had COVID-19. Um, and, and very It's so legitimately anti-science, that answer. It's insane to me. Right. So, I mean, but Even this Dr. is... Dr. Fauci, I don't know if you saw this. Dr. Fauci was pressed. On CNN the other day from Anderson. Well, he was on with Anderson Cooper, but they had the CNN doctor on there, which I think is uh, what Dr. Gupta, I think his name is. Yep. Sanjay Gupta. Um, anyways. Yeah. Sanjay Gupta. They asked, they asked Dr. Fauci. Sanjay Gupta said, um, I've had a lot of people ask me, why, uh, why are we not taking people's natural antibodies <laughs> that they have? Because they say, what, 80% of the population now has probably been exposed to COVID-19. Right. Or had it. Uh -huh. um, he said, so, you know, uh, people are asking me why we aren't taking that into consideration. This is literally Dr. Fauci's answer. That is a very good question. And I don't have a good answer for that right now. Right. Well, okay, and well, then he said, we, and then he went ahead. on to say, I don't know if natural immunity has the same longevity. <laughs> In other words, he literally is, is trying to, is holding up natural immunity against the worst characteristic of the vaccine like it only lasts right. for three to six months but and he knows this is my thing too he knows he's lying because there have been he has to major, so this is the great thing about more and more time going on with this thing because mm -hmm. as we go on we have more data to work with and now there's been two massive case studies done peer-reviewed one of them is peer-reviewed that's a lot of people's argument two two years ago people didn't even know what peer review means now of course everybody's demanding it but one of them is peer-reviewed and it's it states specifically that the um natural antibodies that people develop not only do they last longer but they're much more robust than any vaccine can give 27 times more protection 27 times. yeah and it's and people that got the delta variant even more Oh, really? So you have to understand. Listen, you guys stop being jerks. <laughs> you let those people make their money. They're trying to get paid. You let them get paid. This, we're, in a, we're in a horrible economy. Hey, Lou, they need the money. Do you remember? That they're still going to get paid. Just don't make Lou, they caused the terrible economy. 
These are the people who shut down all productive activities. Uh, farming, manufacturing, these are the people who shut down everything that matters to the economy. Like, we're literally in the middle of uh, a, an economic disaster because sure. of their COVID policies. It's the response to COVID that did that. It, it, no, exactly. That's what I'm saying. These are the people, where the people we're talking about are the people who orchestrated the response to COVID. Do you remember mm -hmm. when this all happened in, in like the beginning of 2020 and we did a we did a, a, a video, Lou, where I pointed out that Fauci doesn't understand the math of his own field. I was calling for him to be fired then. He, I knew for a fact he was going to mismanage this whole situation and allow, like, basically, he's allowed all kinds of terrible ideas to come forward. Uh, mm -hmm. And he's pushed the terrible well, ideas. He's a, he's a political pawn. Fauci is a bureaucrat. He he's not a scientist. A political a pawn and a windsock because if you notice yeah. the things that he says are the things that the press demands he say like the press Absolutely. will say something like for a long time like hey should we have two masks and whatever 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 and like the yeah. press will be pushing it and then all of a sudden Fauci will be like yeah I don't see why we shouldn't have two masks and then mm -hmm. um, you know basically everything that the press pushes Fauci yep. eventually comes around to he doesn't now, have you the last summer they kept asking him should, should I remember who it was that was pressing him? It might have been Rand Paul. I can't remember for sure, but it might have been Rand Paul. Ask because you know they go rounds every time they they meet up. But I think it might have been Rand Paul. But he was basically like, should are should we should the BLM riots stop because it's a risk of COVID? He would call out Sturgis. He'd call out Trump rallies. He'd call out all these things. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure it was Rand Paul. Now that I'm thinking about it, and he was pressing him. So what do you have to say about the BLM? protests and riots and he would not call them out because he is a political pawn i think my favorite question uh to fauci it wasn't rand paul rand paul i think it was um i'm thinking it's senator stevens uh i may be wrong on the name but uh he said uh do you think uh, you know uh, do you think that if we uh took xi jinping and uh turned him upside down and shook him that that who would fall out of his pocket <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. That might have been, uh, you know, who that was. That was, um, that was what's his face from Louisiana. Yeah, you know what his yeah, name is. Uh, I can't remember his name Senator, off the top of my head. Um, yes, I can't remember his name right now. He is absolutely hysterical. It, it, it was the first time I saw him. Right? I mean, Kennedy, I'm, I'm Senator not. Kennedy. Uh, yes, Kennedy. that's it. It is Kennedy. Yep. Uh, so He's hilarious. Great, great question, great guy. Um. I didn't mean to cut you off, Lou. I know you were like wrapping us up, but hey, listen, it, it is it is about time for us to go ahead and wrap this up for real and let you all get back to your lives. I hope that we have uh, provided you with some levity and some information at the same time. Hey, have a good life. Go out and help somebody. Love that. Trending Insurrection.